Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, April 1st, 2022. Let's talk about the songs that we sing today. And we want to talk about the songs that we sing because we're going to look at a very ancient song today. And I want us to think about the songs that we sing. How many times do we sing words that we haven't really thought about or we sing words that we are not really taking to heart? Like we're singing about something, but we are not really living it out. That's what I want us to think as we look back at an ancient song, the song of Moses. As we look today at Deuteronomy 32 and 33. Now, this song is found mostly here in Deuteronomy 32. And it begins there with the words, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, and my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. And then he describes God here. He says, the rock, his way is perfect, for all his ways are Justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. And so it praises the greatness of God. And that's something we often do. We often do that in our songs. We praise God for his greatness and that's what we should do. But then the song, it doesn't just tell us about God. It talks about what God has done for his people, but it describes also how his people have dealt with him. Right next, after speaking of God being just and upright, it says they have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. And then it goes on even to God finding the people in the in the desert. But then it says in verse 15, it says, but Jeshurun, that was another name for Israel, but Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. And now it sings of their sin, sings of their stubbornness, sings of the, sings of the way that they rejected God. And then it speaks of the judgment that God is going to bring, verse 23, and I will heap disasters upon them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured by plague and poisonous pestilence, right? It, it speaks of what will happen. And we know from history that they are going to continue to reject God. Eventually, this promised land that they are going into, they will be kicked out of and into exile. Yet still, we we see the greatness of God later in the song in verse 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand, right? He he sings of, of, the song sings of God's 
greatness and ends with rejoice with him, O heavens, bow down to him, all gods, for he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's lands. And he recites all of these words and he tells them to take it to heart. But one thing I read while I was reading this passage, uh, one writer describes it this way. He says, much of this song is a warning to the people that they were prone to forget what God did for them and to turn from God to idols. We do not know how often they sang this song, but we do know that they did not take it to heart. And then he asked this question. Do God's people today pay attention to what they are singing? First, let's just consider the Israelites for a moment. Imagine they have this song. They have this song that reminds them of how stubborn they are. They have this song that reminds them of how sinful they are. And they have this song that reminds them of what God is going to do about all that, that he is going to bring justice, that he is going to bring judgment to all of that, that they know all of these things, yet... They don't listen to it, right? They have this written down. This is the law. This is what they have throughout the centuries that they live. And yet, even though they have this song, they still reject God and they still end up getting exiled. As we wrap up the law, we'll wrap up Deuteronomy tomorrow. uh, What a sad thought at the end that even though they have this law, they will not, we know they will not keep this. And that should be a kind of a sad thing about the nation of of Israel and what we will see from them. But that's where, let's turn our eyes on ourselves. We have not just the law, the first five books. We have the law. We have the prophets. We have the writings. We have uh, the whole New Testament as well. And how often do we have this in Scripture, but we do not listen to what it says? We have the truth of God revealed, yet we continue to walk in stubbornness or we continue to walk in sin. And we don't listen to what God's word says, and we don't even really listen to the songs that we sing. Now let's go to the New Testament, and let's consider what we see here in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 27. And here we see the beginning of the the account of the resurrection of Lazarus. And there's just a few things that I want to note here, and then I want us to think about one of the songs that we sing together as a church. And as we look at this, it has that interesting start where Jesus hears that he is sick, but he says, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of man may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus is saying something here about a specific situation. He is speaking to this specific miracle and how God is going to be glorified specifically through the resurrection of Lazarus. However, what we see here is a picture of something that is clearly a biblical principle that God is working even through what we would view as bad or tragic situations for his glory. And even to some extent, when we try to grapple with why is there evil at all, why is there trouble in this world at all, we we come back to the answer, well, uh, part of the reason is it's for God's glory. It is that is the, the moral of the story of history. It is pointing us to the glory of God. And that's where you can take this and view as you look at tragedy in your own life or pain or suffering in your own life. What's going on here? Well, in some way it's going to point back to the glory of God and should point you back to the glory of God. So when we find ourselves in hard situations or in trial, let's be on the lookout for the glory of God. 
And then the passage that we read today ends with Jesus's amazing declaration, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? That is so much of our faith right there, that Jesus Christ He died on the cross. He rose again. He is the resurrection and the life. And if we believe in him, we will, we will live that even if we die, we will be raised and we will live with Christ. And if we are alive, when he returns, we will never experience death. We really believe that. We literally believe that. Uh, I mean, we we do funerals where we put people in the ground and and we say, hey, according to what the Bible says, we believe that this person is going to rise again on on the day when Christ returns. Uh, We believe that is literally going to happen. This person who died will literally be raised from the dead. And we literally believe that some of us, if, if the Lord comes soon in our lifetimes, we will never experience death. That is what our faith really even is anchored on. And that reminds me, the passage reminds me of a song that we sing as a church, especially over the last couple of years, Christ, our hope in life and death. Consider these words. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to him belong? Who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. And the second verse says, what truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great redeemer's blood. Who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy trial, who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore, the rock of Christ. That last part is a reference to kind of the famous quote where a preacher said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages, learning to embrace and even cherish trials for how they draw us closer to Christ. And so much of that should resonate with what we've read in John, that our hope in life and death is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And we can stare death in the face with that confidence. And in life, we can look at tragedy and sorrow and trials and say, God is using this for his glory. And so my faith can be held when fears arise because God's standing over the stormy trial and he's drawing me closer to himself. And so the chorus says, oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ, our hope in life and death. As we think about the songs that we sing, may we not sing them and not take them to heart. May we believe the things that we sing. May we live the the things that we sing and may we do it all for the glory of God. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.